December. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. What's happening, yo? What's happened with you? You know, uh, usually Andy and I, for a long time, I think, I think for a long minute now, <clears throat> we've been specifically talking about things on the podcast, whether it be, you know, movies, uh, certain documentaries or people it, we've been real specific let me let me clear my throat ah! uh so we're gonna call this episode just shoot the shit because we're gonna just talk a little bit uh and catch up tell them to like and subscribe at the beginning of the yes session. please like and subscribe that's youtube right yeah youtube channel spearsburg pod uh hit like and subscribe because uh, it'd be good for us. They're supposed to be putting a button on there, so all you have to do is touch is it. Is the button there? I hope so, but uh, they were going to put it if we said it. We said it, so it should be there. So back to the, uh, yeah, so we we, we kind of just um, are going to shoot the shit and play a little bit of catch-up in terms of what's going on in our, in lives. our lives. Uh, I'm going to let you start, because uh, Andy missed the first show. First of all, again, let me thank all the fans out there, because uh, this videography shit, this video, this videographer, my boy Mark Silverstein, mm-hmm. uh, that's going out on the road with me to a lot of these dates and shooting this footage of me doing crowd work, is having a strong effect. Uh, this is probably the most success. And, you know, prior to Ontario, we were in uh, uh, Levity in New York and added a show. Was it a three, right? Yeah, we did. No, it's two o'clock, actually. A, a two o'clock show. Uh, but we added shows. All the shows basically sold out. And now here in Ontario, this is probably the most, this is the most successful run <clears throat> we've ever had. Uh, eight shows, man. Added two. 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 No, normally only do one show on Sunday. Now they added a show and did a matinee show on Saturday at 3 o'clock. So uh, power to the people, man. And to and to the Ontario folks, the, the support you, man. They all came out. They came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to the podcast <clears throat> listeners that came out, man, really appreciate it. We knew we we heard you. You were there. We appreciate you coming out. My Sherry Amore, girl Shamor Emery came out, and I I want to say this, and I and I said this to her. I never really noticed this until this last time, but I said to her respectfully because I know she's married. Uh, her lip game is sexy, man. She got some big juicy lips, B. Her niece, her niece that she brought with her is Afrocentrically sexy. It's nice. Andy likes that Afrocentric shit. I just like I like I like women, man. She had the Erica Badu vibe, like she just uh, 
smoked weed and walked around barefoot in the grass and uh, incense were being lit everywhere. Uh, so yeah, so Shamor, my girl Shamor, side seat with the chopper. You want me to shoot that nigga Big Daddy? Came out. Uh, love you, baby. Um, they sat front row and center too. It was yes. nice. It's nice. It's <clears throat> nice when some of the podcast people show up. Let let us know too if you're going to be there. Send it in. Tell us you're coming out. We we appreciate the support. Yeah, and man. if you're a podcast listener and and especially a, a dedicated one, a loyal one, you know, I, hit me up. I'll leave you tickets. You know, it's the least I could do for your uh, for your loyalty. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, speaking of which, to any new podcast listeners, if you want to email in, Ari Spears. I like when we get the business out of the way. Yeah, get it out. Harry Spears 45 at Hotmail. Get it off your chest, you know, whether it's jizz, shit, piss, uh, or whatever you're into, barbecue, whatever the fuck you're into. Uh, We could do better than a fucking barbecue. Uh, Send an email just telling Aries how he could actually get a a different kind of email account other than Hotmail. No, I stick with what I know, tell him, baby. Tell him you could get out of the 90s. I stick with what I know, baby. Tim's and hot and, and Hotmail. You know what I'm saying? The <laughs> 90s, the greatest era ever. When I was in my prime, young, slim, trim, hung like a motherfucking elephant's leg. See, that's why I keep moving, because uh, I haven't hit my prime yet. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyway, Andy missed the first of the eight shows on Thursday, because you're real dead. Yeah, right. my my my, bio, my biological father. biological father passed away. Yeah, and I had said to Andy, um, I have I I've 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 known people that have passed away, but no one ever close to me. Which is to say, I've never been to a funeral. Uh, I've never, you know, I say that, but damn, my dad died, and I didn't go to his funeral. Why didn't you go to his funeral though? Before we get too far, let's just let's just I, I just let's touch uh, this one step at a time. Why didn't you go to the I funeral? I can't remember. Were you working? Were you I like... Did, I, I had to... I probably more in all likelihood was working. Plus, I might have been a little... You know, that shit freaks me out, man. Dude, I, I know it does. And and I have the... <clears throat> it's the exact opposite for me. I couldn't wait to get on stage and talk about it. Now, when I started telling you some of the stuff I was saying, and you've heard me, and then you heard me on stage, it creeps you out. Yeah. You feel like it's... Well, I, and, and to give context, true context... I said that to, to to Andy. I said, "Yeah, I, I I've never known anyone close enough to me that would warrant me doing a hospital visit as they're on their deathbed or being at a funeral." So I don't know what that's like. And then this was your first time experiencing well, something like that. My stepfather passed, but it was different because uh, I think my stepfather and I had closure <clears throat> on anything that we we had some issues with, and uh, although I, I loved him, we grew apart and uh i appreciated him i respected him for who he was uh i i everything that he 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 gave me and the 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 amount of uh time that he put into me trying to make me you know uh, uh, a productive human being but uh we grew apart as we got older and uh, i still loved him and it was still there but uh, it it just you know i broke apart when i was there but it just hit me differently uh because I don't think I ever really finished the stuff that I had with my my uh, biological father. I never I never got some of that stuff out of the way. And, and we started to talk again before he passed, but we left some stuff that was open, undone, just because there was no reason to have hashed that out when he was already ill. Uh, so yeah, I, I had a, I had to keep that. 
and that that's one thing that uh, I think hit me harder. So, uh, but it was hard, man. It was hard to go out there. And my my uh, stepdad, I was I wasn't there when he passed. Uh, I was out there for the funeral and all that, but uh, I wasn't there because uh, I was already living away. And my, my you know my brother and my sister and my mom were there, but I wasn't. And then uh, on this one, I was there. I was one of uh, with his new wife, who's been his wife for a long time, but new new as a new wife new as an old wife can be uh she was there and me and i i I was there as he as he as he passed and that was the first time i've ever done that that was a whole different experience right so um that 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 also made it hit harder because i i i never i never seen that before and it was and it was um, it was amazing. It was the most it was the most depressing, sad, beautiful thing that I've ever seen in my life. And it made me rethink how I think about living, because and and relationships. Because I wanna I want my relationship. You know, we talk about relationships on here sometimes about our the stuff we go through. But and I love Tara. I do. I and I know that she's the one. I love her too. And I'm you know I'm glad you love her too. Yeah, I think she's the one for both of us. <laughs> Dude, she has enough love that I think she could be a person for more people because she just does it right. She makes life. She doesn't. She doesn't complicate life, and I think that that that's what important to me. You sure you got a woman? I, I I swear to God, I said this to someone the other day. I think the reason Tara and I work out, and I think all women who have great relationships with guys, especially guys like us, uh, they have to have a little dude in them. They have to be someone who you want to hang out with at a at a at a at a sports game, you know, you yeah. have to, you have to have someone that, you know, if you say, Hey, um, Hey, that movie's going to start in five minutes. Can you be ready? Mm-hmm. And then they go, yeah, let me get thrown on some jeans and some shoes. And then that's it. You know, right. That's, they have to have a little bit of that in there's a the little bit of dude in them. I always said, dude, I believe that <clears throat> each sex should have a little bit of the opposite in them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now when you start putting on lipstick and stockings, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a different conversation. But but we but we need you know we need that. Uh, I I needed that a little bit because I I can't have I've had women in my life that needed the, all the time to get ready all the and and that the, the, and I love that part of them too. I love when they want to look good. I want I love when they want to put all that effort in. But I, I do it on when it's timely, and th- and that's the difference. I I just think sometimes that's that's the difference. And Tara makes that work out. And I know that I want her to be with me. What I realized in this is that that's who I want to be with me in my end. And I want, I saw how my dad passed and I want that for me to have such a relationship that that person who walks me out of this world, uh, cares for me that much. And, and the way that she cared for my dad, uh, really, uh, touched me, broke me, all those kind of things. I mean, it, 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 it made me, uh, feel, like emotions that I hadn't really felt before. And it wasn't just that it wasn't just because he was passing. It was the way that he passed and watched that he had that person with him. And it was more, one of the most, that's why I said it was one of the most saddest, but most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And, and I was really moved by it. Did you, uh, I'm not now separating her from that in that moment, but for him specifically, did you cry? Oh yeah. Well, you did. Yeah, I did cry. Yeah. In I cried. Him? No, 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 not in front of him. I never cried. I never cried in front. When he was passing, I cried because he was at the. But when he was passing, he was he was out. They say he could hear, 
but he wasn't like looking at us. His eyes were closed and he, he did the, he did the breathing thing. He had, he had been breathing kind of, when I got there, they told me just before I got there, um, maybe within the last few hours, a few hours, like an hour before I got there, I, I think or an hour two maybe two hours, he had, uh, closed his eyes and he wasn't, um, responsive. Uh, I did talk to him on the phone before I went out there. Uh, I didn't talk to him. I, she held up the phone up. Um, he, I talked to him and she said what, you know, like he was nodding or he was doing what he was doing, his eyes, whatever. And so she told me that. And then by the time I got there, because I had to leave from New York, uh, and by the time I got here to, I got to Tucson, he was, uh, he was kind of more, he was, his eyes were closed. They said he could hear, I don't know what he could hear. You know, obviously I had that, I talked to him and, you know, I held him and, um, that was that was emotional, but right. when he passed, you know, I started to cry, and because uh, he, um, I, I talked about this on stage when I got there. He did this thing uh, where you breathe real slow, and you and your breaths get further and further apart, and the breath becomes shallower, and then it was no breath, and we both thought he passed, and we were talking about him before he passed, you know, mm-hmm. and so. I said on stage, it was almost like in a movie moment, you know, we both looked at each other and we were like, he passed. And then he took this really loud breath, scared the shit out of me, definitely, and probably her too. Uh, and I thought that was him getting back at us for having a conversation about him in his mm. presence. And then he, then that was his last breath. And that, you know, then you said it sounded a certain way. It was like, <gasps> like that was the last one. Yeah, I come like that. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, the, the, the deep, the far and in between well, breaths. If, if that's your goal, and then when I shoot that final shot, I go. <gasps> that's because if you go out right then, yeah. you, you did, you did it right. <laughs> no, I've had my soul snatched several times during sex. <laughs> uh, but you know, saying that, saying that, I'm not, I'm not saying that's that far off. I'm, not, I'm really not. I'm saying. The beauty in which she was holding him and she was touching him and she had her hand and she was talking to him. She was talking to him. This as was, was Tara passing. doing this. No, this is this is uh, her 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 my dad's wife. Oh, I thought you meant Tara was doing all this. Tara's talking to my dad. No, no. Okay, here's where I'm. Here's where you're going. confused. Go ahead. I thought you were saying that by seeing your woman. Be that loving to your no, dad, no, it made you embrace her even more. No, seeing a relationship that my dad ah. had made me go, "That's what I want." This oh, is. Oh, I was thinking, I was like, "Damn, man, your girl is superwoman." No, she was doing that. We would have some conversations, but that's no. hilarious. That's <laughs> but, hilarious. But she, uh, no, but watching watching the beauty I of got that you, relationship, I got, you, I got you. It made me. It made me go, "Hey, man, it's not just about how. It's not just about everything that she does for you here. It's how much she cares for you." even to the end. Right. And that's what I, you know, we, we look at everything today. We look at, you know, how, when we, how we do things, what we have, what, how, where we live, what, what, you know, sometimes it's about where we're going and you know, that's where we're all going at one point. And to have the right person there when you go is amazing. Let me ask you a question. Let's say Tara got into some, let's say something really unfortunate happened. To the point where you had to bathe her, clean her shit. Would you do all that? Yeah, I would. I would have to hire someone to help me do that shit. But yeah, I would want to be there for her. Okay. Would you want to be there for your girl? Yes. The right thing to say is yes. I, and I and I would. I, I, but I also go. I think that there's sometimes a certain reality to life where people go. We know what the right thing to say is, but truly, truly, truly. Would you do it? Because, and I, and I say that to go like this. Like, you know, you, you hear people say uh, uh, parents should never show 
it's almost like a sin to say, I have a favorite child if you have more than one child. You're supposed to love your kids equally. But I've heard people say jokingly, but I'm also going, I don't know if they're joking, that they have favorites. And that seems like that's almost blasphemous to pick one child over the other and show favoritism. It's fucked up. But I believe that there are people who do it. So I'm saying that to say, when people go, man, what if one of your loved ones got this? Like, I see these pictures sometimes. Like, let's say some dude who was in the military, half his face is blown off. And he looks like some shit that was created in a, in a, in a horror movie. But that woman or that man, or if it happened to a woman, they stand by him. But I got to believe there are some people who would go, yeah, I just couldn't do it. I'd have to leave. I'm, I'm going to be real honest when, when I said that. Uh, what, for the first part, what you said, I would be there for her. I would. But if she was like where she wasn't able to function in that way, I would I would love her and I would take care of her. But I, I was talking some I was I was I don't, recently talking to someone. The story came up about a guy who uh, who ended up marrying another woman after his wife passed. But apparently, while his wife was basically not she was there, he was taking care of her, but she wasn't there anymore. She was more of a. I don't know if the proper word is. She, she wasn't available. She was kind of, I think right. they use the word vegetable. I don't know if that's right. the right word anymore. Right. It almost sounds, that sounds to me horrible. Like it's sensitive? Yeah, it does. Right. But uh, uh, she, was, she, she wasn't uh, available. She wasn't responsive to anything. So he took care of her, but he did move on with his life where he started a relationship. After about a year of her, you know, being not available, he started right. a relationship with someone because right. he needed someone in his life. And uh, that person was respectful to the fact that he was, she was, he was still taking care of someone. They started a relationship and uh, she did pass eventually. And, and then he, they had this other relationship already. And I, I, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. I know it sounds maybe selfish, but it's fair. And I guess that's the other question. Yeah. You're going to take care of somebody, but even if it's not what I just described, that other person went through, I mean, there is a time limit. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not, there is a time limit before people move on if they don't have any emotional connection with the person other than what they had been. And see, that's all I'm trying to get to is, it, does that truth exist? Because again, it sounds insensitive. And, and to most people, I think they would even lie to themselves in trying to say that they wouldn't do it or it should be done because it's such a, a almost a heinous thing to do is to turn your back on somebody that's down. You know what I mean? But I'm going, you mean tell me everybody walking this earth would, would, would do the right thing? There's a reality to it. And we reality, got, and, that's and, the word. And that it, it, there is reality to it. And I think after a certain amount of time has passed, just like life when someone passes, you, you have to eventually move forward uh, because otherwise you stay in, you, you, you're done. Your life is basically ended. You keep going. And, I'm not saying that you wouldn't want to take care of that person, but after a certain amount of time, I think you do emotionally have to move on, but that doesn't mean you won't take care of them. I would have someone help me. I would want, I would want to take care of like it would tear up with my relationship with her, either my two kids, I would be there for them every, every moment. There's just no way you don't. Well, I tell you this, if I am going to stick around for you, if you, my woman, and you look like the nigga in the basement from the Goonies, you can't have rules. <laughs> no, uh, I got I, to be able to get okay, my dick sucked by another bitch. If I'm going to take care of you, and we're going to be together, but you look like Chunk from Goonies. Hey, you guys. You can't have rules. You can't be tomorrow. You can't have no other bitch suck your dick. No, yo. 
I, I, you know what, that there's reality to that. that I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I know you're saying it to be funny, but I don't disagree with that. No, I'm saying it to be serious. serious. I'll take care yeah, of you, you, but you got to know I'm going to slide off and get my dick topped off every now and then. You know, but then when you also blew, set up the thing about like your face blown up. Right. I, I got to be honest. I don't, I, I would have a hard time. It would take, I, I think that. Have you ever a, seen those? those yes. People? Yeah. But I think, um, I think emotionally, uh, if you're connected with someone, you do get, you can get past that, but that would be, that would be a real hard one because. Uh, even even if, if they, like someone lost a leg, I mean, you don't have to look at their leg to have a conversation with them. But if they lose part of their half their face, right. you have to look at their face. Right. And, and depending on how it is, that's where I'm and I'm not saying that people emotionally can't get past it. I'm not. But I think that there is a challenge. I, to that. I, I, and I think I, we're being listen, honest. Listen, listen. And again, I'm not now I'm not trying to be funny or insensitive. Hats off to you. There's a certain kind of strength in a because now you start to become selfish and go. Well, what if I was that person? I wouldn't want you to leave me. No, not at all. So you're being selfish if it if you can't do the reverse. But also, if you're in that situation, I, I think you try to do things to, you know, you see those people that have that half. You do things to make yourself look better to other people that are looking at you. I right. think for yourself, you do it, but I think you do it to make other people more comfortable. Right. So. Yeah, these are cha- these are challenges, and you got to be honest with yourself until you get into that situation. I don't think we really know. I know we know what we would and, like and, to say and, and, and like you, to do. And you knocking on wood, hope you never, never do. in that situation. Yeah, but those are those are those are realities of life. But I'm telling you, when I watched her talk my dad from being from this world to whatever is the next, she was right there in his. She was she was saying things to him. She was. Give him little kisses. She was holding his face. That's beautiful. Man. And yeah, and and you know how you go through the world with someone is one thing, but how you leave this world with someone is a whole nother thing. And I had never seen that before. And I and That's dope. that was grow. I mean, I feel like I became a different person after that. Mm. And the reason why I asked you about whether or not you cried because you said you and him were never really that close. Right? We're not that close. We weren't. Well, we were close. We uh, there were. We had love. My dad was a super selfish person. And, uh, but I will say this, that was the relationship and what I experienced with him. I know, uh, I, I don't want to say her name because I didn't tell her I was going to talk about this on the podcast, but I, I know her and I really, I, t- <laughs> one of the conversations we were having as, just before he passed was we were talking about uh, how I felt about my dad. Some of the things that she didn't know because she had his side of every story, not mine. We didn't really have that kind of relationship. And I said a lot of the reasons, and I told her I didn't really trust her as I as they started their relationship. Because I, I was still talking to my dad quite a bit when they started their relationship. Uh, but my dad and I had a falling out. And I said to her that, you know, I had problems with her at the beginning because she was always happy. And I felt like her default was happy. It wasn't real. That's just her reset mode. You know, uh, you know what I mean? Just when she, no matter what she does, when she first starts out happy, sad, whatever, she just goes into the default of happy. And she's, you know, and as I've gotten to know her and she talked to me the, the last day, I learned a lot more about her. And I realized that wasn't her. And this is kind of the conversation we talked about my dad in front of him while they said he could hear, but we weren't sure, but we know you're not sure. And we had a real conversation in front of him. And that's just before, when we came to a, uh, a common area where we were both understanding of each other and he was there, that's when he started to pass. That, so that was really weird. That's when we noticed that his breathing had changed. And that's uh, a part of what this was. But uh, 
so we did have a connection. We just had a strained relationship. I think we cared a lot about each other, but we didn't know how, well, neither one. I reached out to him once in the 20 years or 20 something years that we didn't speak. Uh, and he never talked to me again, but his, his, his family, she and her two kids, uh, I talked to, and, uh, I had a really great conversation with her son. Actually, he gave me a ride back to Phoenix that night. And we talked for two, over two hours on the way back up to Phoenix. And we, I learned a lot more about my dad and what's going on, but this is just a quick story. My dad was, uh, what, what some people would call cheap, <laughs> but he, but what he was, and this is very interesting to me because, you know, when you look at someone differently, when you can look at it from a difference, I realized he it wasn't that he was really cheap, but my dad had this thing that he didn't waste. He didn't want anything wasted. He's the kind of guy that if he saw something that had value and if someone had put it out, like to be picked up to throw it away, but he saw that it was good, like a table, let's say he would pick up the table and bring it back to his house. And then someone would come over his house and go, Hey, that's a really nice table. Where'd you get that? He goes, Oh, do you want it? He wouldn't answer where he got it from. He'd just go, Oh, do you want it? And they go, Oh, I would love that table. He goes, take it. I, just, I don't need it. That's what he would say. And then the table would go. And he felt like he, he took something that had value, that was displaced, and, and gave it new life. And I think that that was part of him and his father's relationship because him and his father didn't have a great relationship. And I think he felt uh, that he wasn't valued and that he was displaced and that he was looking for someone to give him a home, a desire to be wanted. And I think that that's part of his personality. But what he would do, then this is on the cheaper side, uh, he would, if he had tea, like he would take a tea bag, he would use it. And then he would, uh, take the tea bag out and he would put it on a paper towel or some or something and save it. And then he would use it a second time. He always uses two bit tea bags twice. And so what I said to, to the people that I have talked to about this is I think that represents my dad's life. That first time you make tea with the tea bag, you dunk it in, you steep it and you make a pretty solid, heavy cup of tea. They could be, if you left it in a little too long, maybe it gets a little bitter. Maybe it's a little strong. Maybe it's whatever it is. But that second tea bag, um, that one, you can leave it in. It steeps a little longer. It's a little mellower. It, it doesn't ever get that real edge to it because uh, it's, it's, it's mellowed. And I think that that's the two sides of my dad's life. I got that first tea bag. I got the one that was a little more out of control that just you put it in the water and it became a strong cup of tea. And when he mellowed, they got that second tea bag. They got that second dunk where it was a little bit more mellow. It was a little lighter. It was a little easier to deal with. And I think that that's what they yeah, got. Some, some people can't take a, a strong tea bag. They need a more <laughs> mellow tea bag. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's, there's some logic behind it. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you only want one ball hitting you in the head, exactly, not two. Exactly, exactly. Um, can we switch gears now? Yeah, switch gears. <clears throat> in other uh, news, did you hear about the uh, Will Smith controversy, the latest Will Smith yeah, his his former guy who claims to be his friend. I don't, I don't know if he said he, he was his, his assistant at one point, but definitely a friend that knew him very well. And you know these rumors have been the, the around. other actor. He's an actor too, right? Well, no, no, no. The, the, the guy that's making the accusations is Will's. He claims he was Will's friend okay. for a long time. But the the accusation that he's making is the other actor, Dwayne Martin. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and listen, man, these rumors have been floating around with Will. For, for a minute. But I also think these rumors float around with almost all successful people in Hollywood because there's this perception that I'd never really bought completely into. I'd be naive and st stupid to say that I don't believe there isn't some sort of wild orgy-like gay activity that happens within the 
the circle of that community uh, because that's part of the nature of the beast. But this this thing that I just think that people try to go, there's this cult, this Illuminati, where just there's a ring of homosexuality going around in Hollywood that's rampant. And in order for you to get a certain level of success and be let in, you got to be, you got your booty hole got to be initiated by the powers that be. I, I just don't, I think that's overly exaggerated. Uh, again, I'm not saying there are parts of that that may happen in certain circles, but I don't think it's as big as people make it out. But anyway, the guy claims that he walked in on Dwayne Martin straight plowing the back of Will's ass. And so much so that Will and Jada have officially said they're taking legal action and suing. I saw Jada said it. I didn't see Will say it. Well, well, well you know, yeah. Jada say it. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. She's, she runs <laughs> shit. Runs. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but I got a, I got a couple questions. That one, uh, Dwayne Martin's ne- was never. And I listen. I've I've known Dwayne. I know Dwayne. As a matter of fact, let's say about a month ago, two maybe two months ago, uh, I went to my gym, and uh, he was in there working out. It was like, "Yo, what's up, Aries?" And we on the fist tip, and you know that was that. Well, but he's. I never heard this rumor about him. Yeah, you've heard it about Will. Well, what I've heard is he's one of Will's closest, if not best friend. So I've heard those rumors in connection to them. Okay. Let me let me ask you a couple questions and here. Now I'm going to be the uh the conspiracy theorist on this one and and, and some of the race the racism theory on this. Uh first of all, this is a bigger deal in the black community than it would be in the white community. But this seems like something I, I don't think it's big for either community, but I think it's a bigger deal in the black community when that's said. And it seems like everybody who's who comes up in, in, in the black community when there's some way to get them. This is one of the ways that they go after them. And when you say they go after them, who's they? I don't know who the people they is. People in the black community? Yeah, people in the black community. But, I, you know, when you said it, uh, people, when you said this about the industry, certain people come up and others don't. And it seems like that's the easy go-to. in, 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 in. But see, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that's a go-to. Right. I, I just I don't I just don't buy that like that because you're not getting your come up. You go after someone and say it must be this because this is the right. industry. And oh, this but, is but, what but it keep is. in mind, there are people that say that that have no desire to be in the industry at all. Yeah, but they might have a desire to take that other person down. But what would they gain from doing that? If you're a Joe Blow, if you're a nobody, you, you have no connection to the business. You don't know Will Smith from 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 nothing other than you like the millions of other people walking the earth. You've seen him in movies and know of his celebrity. What would you have to gain by Haters, doing that? Haters, man. People hate other people's success. You know what? And there are some people who just, because their lives are such in the toilet, it's like a, it's like gossip. It's a dis- it, it makes them, it does something for them. Because if you can't come up to someone's level, you want to bring them down to yours. This is such a great segue into my next thing. But go ahead. No, I, I think that. I, I think that that's right. a lot of what this is. When you do rumor and speculation, I right. think that's a lot of what this is. And you, and, and this says something about you if you want to believe this without, without any proof or just listening to innuendo. It's because you also are down and you want to believe it because you want them to come down to your level. I think that people want to find anything they can to validate why they're not in their dreams where they'd like to be. And if they can find something to make it make sense to them, that gives them the pass to go, my life is okay. Yeah, I think, and, and I think it is. I'm saying it because 
I saw something that was very funny uh, on Instagram where, oh, wait, let me pull it up because otherwise I'll fuck it up and I don't want to fuck it up. Uh, and I sent this to uh, my baby moms because, listen, when you talk about your dad being somewhat cheap, as much as I love my woman, uh, I'd be cheap. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I, I buy the bitch the, the Louis shoes, the Christian Louis batons, the Gucci bags, jewelry, Tiffany's. I've done all that. Cartier. But you know, my girl used to, I used to fly her out with me on the road. Uh, I, I, I flew a coach. Uh, I never flew a first class. So finally, I, I, I gave her a taste of first class. And she was like, I don't, you must not have loved me because you ain't spoiled me. Like this before, yada yada, joking, but she fucking loved it. So now that she's flying first class, uh, she can't get enough. So I saw this clip, uh, and this is basically, and I didn't even know what POVVO stood for. POVVO, you know what that stands for? Point of view. Is that what? Point of view, but what's the VO? Anyway, this is the clip. It says every time you have to walk to POVVO class through business class. Hide the money, y'all. There's poor people around. <laughs> With your broke ass. <laughs> so, and I bring that up to say this. I, I, reading the comments, here's what a lot of people were saying. Uh, yeah, I think it's stupid for people to spend anywhere from two to 5000 on a first-class seat when we're all going to the same destination. Why not just use that money and have a better vacation? And I went, this is why I say, this is how stupid people are. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. What a poor mindset. First of all, you honestly think that if somebody can afford a two to $5,000 first class ticket, they have a problem spending the kind of money to make their vacation all that? You're missing the fucking point. We're all going to the same place. That's not the point. Like Jerry Seinfeld said in his joke, we needed a joke about first class. If you just worked a little harder. Like, that's a poor mindset. Well, but see, okay. Let's do, this, this, this is a couple parts, and so I'm going to do it real quick. I'm glad I got the Jew for this part. Yeah. Here's the, here's the couple parts. Um, yes, it's, you say it's a poor mindset. They're looking from it from their perspective. And that perspective is I have X amount of dollars to spend on a vacation. So if I take this money from, if I take 2000 extra dollars to put it to the flight, that's $2,000 that I took from the vacation because their vacation fund may only be $7,000. So now they only have $5,000 for the vacation for their hotel and for any of the things that they're going to do while they're there. So that's their perspective. They're not looking at the perspective is I have $100,000 to spend on a vacation. If I feel like it, if I so choose to spend that money, I have an extra $100,000 that won't affect my life this year. Most people don't have that. Most people don't make $100,000 in a year. So that's the difference in that perspective. Getting them to think past where they're at is a different story. They don't have that. They may never have that in their life. If the average person is making I think what the average salary throughout the United States, and we're talking East Coast salaries, which are very high, uh, and West Coast uh, salaries, which are very high, to the middle of the country, which are sixty-five under $65,000. Right. So how are those people going to be able to look at it the same way? Right. So if, if we do that, that's why their mindset's that way. Yes, the plane is going to the same place. So if you don't mind sitting in a small seat, 
and you don't need the food that comes in there. I just took I took a first class flight uh, because I was in I, I was I was doing using points and it was only a few th- it was a couple thousand dollars more in points a couple thousand more points, yeah. but it was a, it was a short flight. It's an hour and fifteen minute flight. There's no purpose in getting first class for an hour and fifteen minutes because you're not even well, you're going to get a drink. That's what you're getting for the extra points. You get a big seat and a drink. That's right. it, that's it. So there's no reason to do that. Uh, I did it only because it was comfortable for me and I was having a bad time. So I I did that. So that's their point, but that's how they see that flight. But for someone else that's, they may be doing, and this is what other people don't realize. Someone may be sitting in first class and it's a long flight, five over five hours. They may be doing thousands, making thousands of dollars while they're sitting in that seat. Somebody wrote that in the comments. Yeah. You can't like they're making money. while The reason why they're in that seat. They're making money. So that's another, but you got to have different. You, so, but now here, flip it around. Now you be the person who only makes $65,000 a year and you saved up for three years to go on a great vacation for yourself. First class may take away from your vacation. That may be for sitting in first class may mean that you have to stay at a lesser hotel and you would rather stay at a hotel where you're there for 24 hours instead of seven hours. Or like Steve Harvey said, in terms of something that he said, Use it as motivation. Yeah. One time fly first class. Experience that. That may change everything for you. Yeah, but there's some people that are not going to change that way because what we have to also realize is some people are very happy. Let's say you have a job. We, I met uh, the, the um, Shamor's uh, niece. She, she works with kids with autism. Uh, so maybe that's her job. Maybe she, maybe because of the job and the, the, what she wants to do with her life that rewards her soul. Her passion is only going to make her sixty-five to a hundred thousand dollars a year. Maybe she doesn't. That's first class is something that is a treat, but really not something that could that could subtract from a okay. vacation. Okay, so then I tell you what, fair enough. And if you're one of those people where you go, hey, my passion is like you said, working with a, with, with kids with autism or doing something that just will never get you that lifestyle, but it gets you the soul. okay, fine. But then keep your mouth shut about <laughs> motherfuckers that are doing it. That's fine. I respect that. But don't run your mouth and say stupid shit like, oh, and somebody else wrote in the comments, oh, so what, what, did you just get a better meal? They get slippers and a robe. Don't keep your mouth shut. Don't, don't, don't be mad because, you know what I'm saying? If, if, if that's not what you need, fine. But you don't need to speak on the people that have bust their ass to get there. No, and if that's not what you need, and you're you're adamant about it, if you'll stand on that, do me one favor, just one favor. Use the bathroom and coach and stop fucking disturbing me while I'm sitting in first. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be honest with you, and this is this, 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 this is part of me where I'm going. I'm joking. I'll, I'll put it like this: out of hundred percent, ninety-five percent of me is joking, but there's a small that five percent. And when I'm sitting in first class, and I don't need that motherfucker, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> the Crichtons and the Minions need to use my bathroom. I, I, you belong I, back there. Honestly, Aries, I'm t- And I'm only saying that because, dude, you've earned this. You've earned this. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. When I'm in first class, I use the first class bathroom. But when I'm in coach, unless I have that uh, seat that's right, right, the, the, uh, whatever they call it, the something head, the, the whatever it is, the bulkhead, there. bulkhead seat. If I have the bulkhead seat in uh, in coach, and no one's been, and I can see that no one's in there, right. sometimes I'll, I'll I'll run up there and take right. it. But most of the time, because I've been in first and I've been there when people are just 
all everybody's coming up from behind you. You paid extra for these seats. The seats don't really come with shit. And once you get off the plane, that's all you got. I'm not making someone wait for me because I paid less to get to that bathroom. I, I'm just because out of respect to the times I've been there. And I right. wanted to say to someone, because I saw someone come in from coach once and I'm sitting there and I have to go to the bathroom, but I'm like, uh, I was thinking about it because right. I also was, and I was like, do I want to get up? And then when I was thinking about it, this person shot over from the back, went in there. They were in there a long fucking time. And there's that too. Yeah, and they're blowing that fucking bathroom up. And you don't you, you wish you could just yell while they're in there? You don't even belong in there. <laughs> but they and 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 if someone else who first blows up the bathroom, yeah, but they paid for the right to have to that blow bathroom, up the that fucking bathroom. bathroom. So you know, I'm, my doo-doo <laughs> is better than your doo-doo. <laughs> I'm not my doo-doo just paid for for to sit in that seat. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Aries, this could be better. I'm just saying my it paid for. I, I'm listen. I'm not. I'm not that person. But I do respect the fact that Let you paid you more for that man. seat. Let me tell you something. I remember I, uh, I was leaving L.A. and I bumped into comedian Eric Griffin, and we kind of were talking about this a little bit. Like when they get ready, and, and listen, there's certain things I'm just not going to do because that would officially make me the piece of shit person. But I, it's not like I'm not thinking it. It's not like I'm not wanting to do it. But one of the things that irritates me is. Just before you get ready to board, they make the announcement. All right, we're about to board the plane. Uh, coming up first, and you know how they do. People with disabilities, uh, people with families, kids, military, get to board first. But then they get ready to call first class. There'll be times, Andy, when I'm standing in position, and I see, you know. Group four. Group four. Somebody <laughs> look like they belong in group four. Now, do I know? No. Have I seen a ticket? No. And you can't judge a book by its cover, but I'm judging the goddamn book. I'm looking at this cover of a human being, and I'm going, you motherfucker ain't in first class. And I want to look at their ticket and tap them on the shoulder and go, get your ass back. But again, I would never do it, because that now I'm an official piece of shit. But I'm thinking, I'm first class. I've earned this. Fuck out of here, man. And I almost get mad at the, the I don't know what you call them. The, what do you call flight? No, they're still the flight, but they're the, uh, I, I don't know. What the the, the, yeah. the, 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 yeah, the check-in bitches. Yeah, yeah. I want to go. I think that is the technical the term. The check-in bitches. Hi, I'm your check-in bitch. Uh, do your job. Tell them to go. Look at the ticket. Because a lot of times they let people through at, without looking at the ticket. I, do your I, job. I've seen people send them back. Oh, yeah, every now and then. Yeah. Every now and then. No, and say we're not boarding this this group. Right. And I cheer a little bit. I wish they they would send them back with more of a uh, 18th century king like uh, delivery. You there, (laughs) you don't belong here. Get to the back. I can be in the same group with the person that got that, but I want them to go back because why why do you want to go before? We're in the same group. I'm do, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Come back and do what you're supposed to. Right. You know what? This world, this is problem, the problem with the world. Everybody's trying to figure out a way to slide up just a little bit without putting the effort in to have put, got but you that's there. That's the same mentality of you walking past first to get to coach. You got this mentality where you're shifting things around to validate the reason why you're not there. And it brought me to this point. I go, as I'm reading these comments, I'm just going, you know, this is a reason why the rich stay rich, because they depend on what people like you to be their hardworking rats to work until you die while you keep them rich. Because you had the mindset 
of, well, we're all going to the same place. I'm content with blah, 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 blah. And I'm content with uh, uh, not drinking the champagne and having the slippers and the robe. I'm content on not spending, having extra money to do my... That's why you. That's why you're a worker. But, that's why you keep the rich rich. But sometimes that's that's what you want. That's the area that you want to be in. And you can't be mad at someone who does that. <laughs> Listen, if you're only traveling once a year and you get on a plane and you you have your coach seat and you get to where you get to the same place, that's I don't see. I don't have a problem with it. I don't look at it any differently than that. But I fly all the time, so sometimes I want that first class seat. I want it because I want to be comfortable. Dude, the lay down seat. If, and, if, and I gotta tell you, that's a little overrated. I can't sleep in them. It's not as comfortable. Uh, no, I disagree. I want that lay down seat every uh, time. It's nice. It's a beautiful option to have it. But dude, I guess I've just I've, I've first never. Class I've, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't sleep. I, I, you know, I put down the bed. I, I take the pillow. I take the luxurious blanket. Right after, and it, usually I try to sleep after eating my off my charcuterie board. You know, I, I I get three different cheeses, <laughs> crackers, and I, I've had I love that I've had some Merlot, and a couple of grapes, and then I feel a little full. My tummy's a little heavy, and I try to stretch out with the personalized air vent, and I just can't sleep really. Okay, and it, and it usually try I, I usually try to get enough sleep before the dessert part of the course comes, where they give you the nuts and the caramel and the strawberry and the whipped cream drizzle. With the hot fudge, I... yeah, and you've had too many of them. I was just uh... you couldn't. Uh, here's how you know if you're supposed to be yes. in first class on a regular basis, or if this is a big deal to you. You okay. want to know how it is? I'm going to tell you because you probably have never even thought about this. Okay, because I can tell you I did this. If you sit in first class, and it's a longer flight, and you get the the bag with the with the stuff in it, the the, the little. Foot socks, like toiletries, yeah, and, shit. and the yeah. and the, and the, yeah. the thing to put over your eyes, yes. and you take that home with you. Yeah, you, you're not going to be in first class all the time. Why you say that? Because you're so you're going to get another one if you sit there all the time. It just becomes oh. part, like you just said. I've already had too many of the wines, and the, the, right. it becomes part of it. I have those bags at home because I know that first class for me is a luxury. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know that I take them home, and I'm like, hey, look what I have. I have right. I have a little something, and if I ever want to go somewhere, and I'll have this little people who that's their their lifestyle. They don't need right. that little bag. That's their lifestyle. And, right. and to be really honest with, with everyone as we're having this conversation, when we're, Aries and I are talking about first class versus the coach, versus, there's another group of people. And they, they're laughing at us right now. Oh, private jets. Yeah, they're laughing at us because they're like, <laughs> share a flight. flight? Yeah, listen, man. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen. Uh, <laughs> damn. Uh, but here's my thing. Listen, man. Like they say, ignorance is bliss. So if you've never had it, seen it, smelt it, tasted it, you don't know. But I have. Yeah, and that's... So I know how sweet... What do they call that shit? It's a different type of butter. There's butter, but what's better than that? I don't know. Like an that. almond butter or a... Or, or what they call that shit? Uh, God damn it. Truffle. Truffle butter? Oh, like yeah, truffle yeah, butter. Yeah. I've had the next level of... Yeah. And once you... You want that. You God, it's addictive. But what's important, what, what, what you got to realize is, and this is how this is how we set up our society. This is a capitalist society. This is how you set it up. You said when ignorance is bliss because you don't. If you don't fly on a private, then you don't know what a private is. And, you and I have flown on a private. I have too, so I know what it is. Right. But the reason they put first class in the front of the plane 
<laughs> so that you have to walk by it. So in the back of your head, you're thinking, I got to do that one day. I would like to achieve that one day. I want to be part of that. It's someday. like a psychological trick play. to make you buy a first class ticket. So, yeah. So everybody who's saying you don't need that. We all get there at the same time. Not nah, you. You saying it, but you've all had this thought. Man, that would be nice. Right. And, and here's another thing. To you commoners who sit and coach, when you get on the plane, the moment you get on, stop looking up at the fucking numbers <laughs> until you get your ass past the curtain. You know 37D ain't in the motherfucking what you looking up at the moment you walk through the door. But then people look up at the fucking what, what my number. You in 37D. How the fuck you looking up the moment you walk through the door? You got a minute. Put your goddamn head down. But but wait, I, I want to. I'm glad we went into this conversation because this might be a long conversation for some people. But I, I to the people though, to the women, especially to the women. This is the woman. I saw the video where the woman gets on board and she's like getting all excited because her she's talking, taking me on a first class trip. Taking, we're not in first class. Oh, that black chick, right? Yeah. So you, so your man, she ridiculed the dude. Yeah. So your man's right? gonna take you on a vacation. And now you're going to shit on him because he didn't get you first class, but he's taking you on a, on a vacation, a luxury. Maybe you didn't get the first class ticket. I don't even know how far that flight was going. Maybe it was only, a t maybe it was an hour and a half flight. Right. Maybe it was a six hour flight. Didn't give, make a difference. How much did you pay for that seat? And he's yeah. taking you on a trip and you're going to put him down. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, you know, what do you bring a level of that kind of, uh, do you bring that? kind of heat to your relationship that you deserve that first You know, class? I would think that as a dude, you had the ability to weed out the badness in a bitch before you even get that far. <laughs> what are your instincts? Don't you have instincts? Like, like, like animals have great sense of smell. A hawk can see a mouse in a field eight miles away. Don't you have certain instincts that make you go, before I take this bitch on a vacay... What, what, what is she like to where you don't have to worry about being ridiculed on the plane? You don't have to be ridiculed because you mentioned the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, that Cheesecake Factory one pissed me off, too. Listen, but you're blinded by the box. Dude, as much as I love box, I, my, I'm, I got hawk-like vision. You got options, though. Some people don't have the same options. Some people get that 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 that. That thing that they've been looking for in it physically. I got to get out of my first class thoughts. That's what that is. Yeah. I think like a first class person. Well, there's nothing wrong with thinking about it, but you got to remember that there's people that can't get it. No but, no, but that's a very good point you just made when you went, I have options. If a dude ain't got no options and he get a bite on his bait, all he's thinking about is I got a bite. I, I got to get this thing in. How am I going to get it in the boat? Right. Right. I'm the type of motherfucker, I go fishing, but then I hire somebody to do the fishing. And then they bring the fish and go, this one? I go, no, try again. No, but you got to also realize that as men, and this is, men have to work harder at controlling that primal instinct because, listen, I, and I'm going to throw someone under the bus to say this, but we all know this story. Jay-Z, he, he threw his line out. He got one of the baddest girl women in the whole world. Yeah, but his line was a different line when he threw it out. Yeah, but I'm just saying he got it. Right. He put, pulled it in. But it ain't like Jay-Z threw the line out when he first started. No, no, when when no. he was rapping like a fushnicker. <laughs> this is Jay-Z. I'm not a businessman. I'm a um, businessman. That's a different line. But then you, but the, the, the male instinct, that male what, what, inside, 
there's a fish out there. I don't, I don't need to put it into the boat, but I need to, I need to see it. Yeah. We, we have, that works against us too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street have just entered the chat. Let me tell you something. There is no nobility in poverty. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every fucking time. Because at least as a rich man, when I have to face my problems, I show up in the back of a limo wearing a $2,000 suit and a $40,000 gold fucking watch. Something else I want to get to. Uh, get it. Dude, I was, I, I was, I was, uh, I was watching the most recent episode of uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. And he had talked about uh, something that I had noticed I had been seeing myself. You've seen all these clips on social media where now it's almost become like a regular thing. And I don't want to use the word popular, but I have to use the word popular, where kids are beating up teachers, assaulting teachers, kids in school. I don't think. And and let me give out the statistics. And these were, this, this is what he was, he was quoting these statistics. A third of teachers in America say they've been harassed or threatened, and one in seven in this country have been physically attacked. By 2023, kicked off the story of a six-year-old boy taking a gun to school in Newport News, Virginia, shooting his teacher and then declaring, I shot that bitch dead. Every day and every one, uh, every day and every one of our schools, teachers, uh, teachers, students, and other staff members are being hurt. Every day they're being bitten, they're being beaten. Uh, no wonder why 50% of teachers express desire to quit or transfer to something less. Only 8% of schools say it's even easy to find bus drivers. Now, and again, he showed some of these clips. I maybe saw one or two of them, but there were a couple brutal ones where the one kid says to his teacher, because the teacher took his phone, give me back my phone. And the teacher wouldn't give back the phone. He knocks the teacher out. There was another one where, I guess, uh, a teacher took a dude's, PlayStation portal, some sort of handheld video game. Female, this black student dude knocks her unconscious and is on top of her and pummeling her. And then he showed about four or five of the same clips. And I just went, I attribute this to two things. One, phones. Because these fucking evil devices have allowed, and because parents don't monitor what their kids are doing, it's... it's become popular, I think, for kids now to go, let me beat up my teacher because it'll be on social media and somehow that's cool. So I attribute it partly to phones, but I also attributed it to this is the society we live in now because kids are coddled, the system protects them. We have to get back to kicking our kids' asses physically. Instilling the fear of Satan in them, the way our parents did with us, the fear of God. If, dude, if I, let me tell you something. And I know we've covered this ground about beatings and kids and uh, discipline and parental and all. If I even raise my tone to my teacher, my mother was going to beat the shit out of me. I couldn't imagine hitting, physically hitting. That's, that's crazy. I, I don't think he, we have to beat our kids. I, I think, think we got it, to beat the let, shit no, out of them. 
I think that there, I think there has to be consequences for bad actions. There is no more consequences for bad actions. But what kind of consequences are, are enough to instill the right amount of fear to make a kid go, if I do this, my mom or dad is gonna. It's a great question because I think every situation's different. I, like I said, I, I, I smacked my, I swatted my kids. That's the right way to say it. Swatted my kids each once. I mean, I, 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 it was, but my kids knew there was consequences with me. They knew that they were going to be held accountable. They knew they weren't going to get what they wanted. They knew that there was punishment and whether, whatever it took that was going to no video games in my house is a big deal. They both enjoy playing video games. So, you know, that was an easy one. That, that was, that was the entry level. You, you fucked up entry level, no more video games for X amount of times. You didn't something else. The, the, the consequences, depending on what it was. But now, not only is there no consequences, the idea that a teacher is going to uh, take a phone away, you hear parents complain, who, who do they think they are to take the phone from my kid? That's my kid's phone. I gave my kids that phone. There, there's a difference in the way that what, when they were, what we were sent to school and how we were sent to school than how these kids are sent to school. The entitlement the kids have. Plus, you said the social media, the evil box in there. There was, this happened in, in our time. We saw it happen, and it happens, especially in the 90s. There's a difference between being famous and being infamous. And there's a confusion on which one, on today on what that is. Today, infamous is fame. But there used to be a time where you were famous because you did something that was productive and worthwhile. Infamous is people who did fucked up shit and were, and were known for it. Not famous, not like you wanted to know this person. They intruded in your life because they were fucked up. It's a different kind of idea. And these people, there is no difference anymore. Being fucked up and well-known is almost the same as being famous. And on, on social media, it's exactly the same. Because it's about how who sees it, how many times it was viewed, uh, how popular you become from it. It has it's completely different than what it used to be. And and, and let me say, there was a long time ago uh, when uh, a bank robber, uh, you know, and, and back in the gangster days, those guys became it, they were infamous and they became famous, but they weren't held to the same. Uh, they weren't held up as as people that are respectable or people that you wanted to emulate. There is no difference now. I don't know the difference of how you say this person's this because everybody is horrible because they show what's wrong with everyone. So none of the people are good. So a bad person who might have done some good shit can be compared to a person who's good who might have done some bad shit. You know, he made the point also that, and especially based on what you're saying about infamous and uh, infamy and, and, and famous, which is true, but there used to be a time where parents were, were, were the parents and authority figures, teachers were on the same team. Yeah. They're not they, on the same They're team. not on the same team now. Like you said, how dare you take my kid's phone, but I bought them that phone. It's almost like parents look at the teachers as the enemy now. Yeah. And they side with their kids. I, I, when did this shift happen? Well, I think part of this could be, and, and listen, this, this gets more complicated as we go further down this. Part of this is because the system has allowed the teachers uh, and the parents to work against each other because certain things like uh, your desire for a student to be something other than your student is. If, you, if, you're, if the kid displays signs that they feel trans, now the teacher is, is, doesn't have to report it to the parent. They have to do it a different way. And the, and the teacher is now working against the parent. It's been done 
it's almost like uh, it's almost like the shift has been changed that the school and the public school system is now against the parent if if the school deems what they think is is correct and if their parent has an old school idea the parent is wrong their parent is antiquated and they're wrong so this is part of the reason there's this shift we 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 have fallen apart in our structure it used to be the parent was the ultimate say you uh, like, for instance, when I went to school, the, the principal was allowed to discipline a child if the t- if the parents signed the thing that they. they OK, now I don't agree with that. The, the parents, the, some parents were like, if that's the way that it works and uh, my son does something that and they had rules like you had to you had to break a certain rule that and, and it was how many paddles and whatever. The parents could sign off on that at one point. At one point, the parent didn't even need to sign off on it. The school was against him. They pulled these laws in, but now the laws went too far. And then now they're going back again. We don't, we're, we have not ever figured out how we should run uh, the school system raising our kids. We should be raising our kids, though. That's part of the problem. Well, well, when you say we shouldn't, we never figured out how, at what point, was the system not working? And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's always been adjusting, though. It's always been adjusting. We never got it perfect because it's different. Well, from whenever our, it was at its most close to perfect, that we should be we should have just stuck with that. But the parent is should be the person. The is that's the person. It, it goes back that the, the, your child until he's an adult or she is an adult does not have the same rights. Because they're not allowed to do certain things. The parent gets to make the decision. That's how it's been. There's a reason for that. Now, but that we have a situation where we have parents that are horrible to their children. And sometimes the, the school needs to step, it needs to intervene. But then that needs to go to a different body. It shouldn't ever be done you with know, the school. You know, if you don't keep shifting the rules, it's going to make it hard to play the game. I think there has to be a certain point in where you just go, I don't know if you want to call it casualties of war, but... There's gonna be some fallout. As long as the fallout, the fallout is not bigger than the success, we gotta allow the fallout. We gotta allow. It, it, like when you say, "Well, uh, if the if the if the parents weren't or bad parents, then the school has to step in." Ideally, that's a noble thought. But let's not do. Let, let's not make the whole ship go down just to save a few people. So, so if, if, if as unfortunate as that may be, uh, if the system to protect the system, you have to let a few fucked up situations exist and so be it. There's, there's other ways that we could, uh, we could do it. A teacher could do something as simple as let, they used to be able just to let, uh, child protective services know that we think that there's an issue here or if a if a student a teacher sent a student to the nurse and they saw that there was physical abuse then they would uh they would call child protective services the wildest thing for me is to watch these clips of teachers being abused and this is where i have to get racial by black kids because i know once upon a time ago that was the biggest no-no in our culture for black kids to run amok and behave like savages to authority figures. And what I'm why I'm saying that is because that means that we are we have so far removed ourselves from what we used to do culturally as a culture in terms of discipline. That means black kids ain't getting beatings no more like they did during my generation and before. We we as a we as black people have removed ourselves from that so much. 
that he, black kids are now doing that. And well, that just that says everything. No, but when you say removed ourselves so much, this is where there's Oh, we've been removed. But this is where it gets complicated. When you when you're as a child, you're growing up as a as a black kid. And and I agree and I'm I'm gonna say something that skirts the edge and I don't know what the answer is. But when you're a a black kid and you grow up and you heard <laughs> that white society America has kept you down, has kept uh, black, the black community down, has kept you down. You, you can't succeed. You can't go forward. And that's the message, not what we have had to over. When the message is it keeps you down, not that we had to overcome or not that we will overcome. But when it's that it's keeping you down, where do you have respect for the, for uh, for any culture that you you perceive as keeping you down? A teacher taking away your phone. Trying to keep me down. They're trying to tell me what to do. It's been sold that way, though, to the younger generation, Aries. That's my opinion. Who's who, who's who's selling it to them? Uh, white, uh, white, guilty liberal people have sold it to them. And that's why, well, that's why it's the parents' job, the black parents, to go, I don't give a fuck what they're selling you. This is what it is. I, I, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying I'm, that I'm, you, I'm the boss in this house. But we see it when when you're saying that you you have been oppressed for generations. And that's why you you can't go forward when that is not when we are seeing the black community rising. But it's not about overcoming the oppression. It's about you have been oppressed there. You know, you've got to you, this you, idea that you're a child and you associate the word oppression with a child is ludicrous. But that's what's happening, is it that's not? That's crazy. So my, 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 that's where what you're saying, and I agree with you, that in the household, you have that, that's where it comes to saying, yes, there has been oppression in the United States. Yes, there has been systematic racism, but we, ri we rise above it, and this is how. And that's, that is how the question, the white family has to be, yeah, there has been these problems, but we're, we are doing our best to change the systematic problems. And and actually follow through with those those changes. Let me just say again, you can't save everybody. Stop. We need to stop trying. It's a casualty of war. Some people use. I'm sorry. Some people are going to die on the battlefield. Everybody's not going to go home. I, I just had this conversation with someone today, and that the the part the problem. Some of the problem is uh, that the sandboxes are no longer there. And when we were kids, you know, the sandbox had. Not even an inch of sand. So once you got an inch down, right. you were you were, you were on dirt. Or you played with the military bars that you you know the jungle gym. gyms. Yeah. Or yeah. Or like or the I, hot metal slide. Or like an empty uh, parking lot or an empty uh, a, a field that was cleared so you could play some baseball or football. Tackle football on a fucking dirt. No pads. Or you had child seat. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a child seat in your car. I said, I might've grown up when we had vinyl seats and no child seat. And we, as our parents just turned corners, we, we thought it was fun to slide from one side of the car to the other side I'll of the car. I'll top you. My mother put me on a dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> I sat up on a dashboard facing the windshield. <laughs> That's a whole nother experience. <laughs> yeah. But all that being said, when we were growing up, parents that didn't mind their kids properly, <laughs> they probably didn't make it. And kids that were fucked mm. up probably didn't make it. Right. But we're living in a world where every fucked up person makes it. Right. And what did those people end up doing? Fucking something else up. See what I'm saying? Damn, dude. You know, like the movie The Purge, for a whole year, we should once every <laughs> couple of years go back to the 80s. 80s rules, yo. The Purge. 
a decade purge once a year. It's the 80s for a whole year. Every four years, we go back to the 80s or the 70s. And you just watch how many people you lose? Yeah, whoever survives, survives. Know what I'm saying the technology goes back to what it was. Yeah. The answering machines. We take away cell phones. But everything from that era, we do it, with it, the same equipment. And the purge isn't we take you out. It's they take themselves out. They take themselves out. <laughs> we, we, we separate the pussies from the warriors. It's straighten out quite a bit. For a whole year, no PlayStation, no Xbox. You got to go play in the woods. If you make it home, you make it home. If you don't, you don't. BMX bikes is we bringing them back, <laughs> dude. I grew up in Arizona. By the time we we went to the desert all day long. Come on, B. Come on, <laughs> B. An eighties, a seventies purge where you're six and you got to sip your dad's beer before you, he sips it. <laughs> I'm saying. I, I don't think we're going to win any awards for this podcast on child rearing. We might. We might just have fixed it. <laughs> Is that a show? Do we want to give out dates? Give out some dates. All right, guys. Listen, uh, real quick, I'm just going to give you to the end of the year. Um, we were in Ontario uh, this week. This is where we're recording from. Awesome shows. Thank you very much to the Ontario Improv. November 24th to the 26th, we're going to be at the San Jose Improv. December 1st to the 3rd, we're going to be at the Tacoma Comedy Club in Tacoma, Washington. December 7th to the 10th, we were supposed to be at Magoobies. That's been moved to January. Please look up Magoobies and uh, switch your tickets, get the new date. Uh, December 15th to the 17th, we're going to be at Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And December 21st to the 23rd, Bricktown Comedy Club in OKC. Uh, starting uh, next week, we'll start giving out the dates for the new year. Is it? It's it. Yo, I'm telling you, and, and I'm telling you right now, if somebody steals my idea about the purge, I'm suing you. Because I'm telling you, dude, I can see that as a movie, like as a comedy. That is a good comedy. That's a comedy, dude. If you steal my shit, I'm suing you. We got the dates. What's today's date? Uh, today is, what is today? The day is, damn, I don't even know. Sunday. The 19th. The 19th of November. November. What's the time? Uh, 3.53 uh, Pacific time. We got the motherfucking evidence in 2023. <laughs> if you steal my idea, I'm going to hire four Jews and sue you. <laughs> And if I lose in court, I'm going to hire four niggas and beat you up. <laughs> All right, that's a show. That should just be the, uh, the name of the law firm. What? <laughs> wait, no, wait, no, no, I'm not, I'm not letting it go. There's a gem in there. Hauschewitz, Deinberg, and Sevitsteins, and Leroy Jackson, and damn, there, there's something there. <laughs> I, I'm gonna come up with that. The yeah. some would. You gotta, a, it's, it's a sketch. You gotta combine. You gotta combine the Jew names and the nigger names, and it's got to be something about violence and money. Well, it's a sketch. All right. All right. Damn. Is that a show? That's a motherfucking show.
From here on, nothing goes down unless I'm involved. No blackjack, no dope deals, no nothing. A nickel bag gets sold in the park. I want in. <laughs> you guys got fat while everybody starved on the street. It's my turn. Hmm. You think you're gonna live long enough to spend that money, you fucking hump? to get ripped off by guys like that. You come with me, I'm at the Plaza Hotel. You're welcome. You're welcome! Enjoy! <laughs> 